Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hi there, it's Claire here, host of The Quickie. Look, we're taking a bit of a break over this Christmas New Year period, but we're going to be back with freshly squeezed episodes on January 13. In the meantime, we're updating some of this year's biggest stories for you and we're picking them up from where we left them last. Now, a lot has happened on Australian TV this year, some that has had life-altering effects on the stars, like Pia Miranda's decision to vote Luke Toki off the island in Australian Survivor that made the country turn against her, Angie telling Noosa councillor Jess to pack his bags on The Bachelorette after his questionable behaviour that saw him face a formal investigation in his workplace. Abby, a contestant on Bachelor Mad Agnew's series, called him the C-word and was sent home. Cyrell smashing the fruit bowl, fighting with a face-masked Martha on maths. All of these things happened this year to real people. Real people who then had to return to their real lives as standard citizens. And as we found out from former maths alumni Claire Varel, that can be a pretty lonely place. Just a warning before we start, this episode deals with issues surrounding suicide. Blake Garvey, Michael Cox, Paulini, Davina Rankin, any of those names mean anything to you? What if I said most hated bachelor of all time? You've been called Australia's most hated man. Yeah, well. How do you respond to that? Channel 10 really dropped you in, didn't they? Uh, look, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't fun. The turkey slap incident. The behaviour last night fell well short of these standards. John and Ashley will not be returning to the house. Oh my God. Really sorry, God. Fat shamed by Dico. You should choose more appropriate clothes or shed some pounds. I'm sorry. Or Maths cheating text scandal. At the end of the day, I came here to fall in love. All I was doing was being true to myself and I thought I was, um, you know, pursuing a mutual connection from what I was being told. These are the real people behind the reality TV shows. The people who have to return home to a forever altered real life. Literally, I had two panic attacks behind the bananas in Coles. Claire Varel was chosen for season two of Married at First Sight. She was teamed up with Jono. Remember the guy who famously said, she's not what I ordered as she walked down the aisle? Claire, first up, we do need to ask you, why did you decide to go on the show in the first place? Okay, this will make you laugh. I'll be, I'm just going to be honest because that's who I am. Um, so I come out of a really bad breakup. I actually signed up for season one because me and my mates had had a massive girls' night out on a Sunday and all six of us filled it out absolutely sloshed at 2 o'clock in the morning. So your motivation was wine, night. is that what you're saying? <laughs> wine and tequila. Oh, Lord, yeah. bad combo. Okay. No, math. Yeah, terrible. So the next um, the next morning, I was at my desk dying. I get this phone call and I pick it up from my desk, slightly green, and it's like, oh, it's blah blah here from production company. Um, we got your application, which was written by six drunk girls. So 
that would have been quite entertaining to read. <laughs> and I was like, wow, she's very interesting. So I didn't know, I honest to God did not know what they were talking about. It was, it took me a minute to be like, you know, when you get that sort of slideshow of a night before. Um, <laughs> so I um, am very competitive. So even though I didn't really want to be, I didn't want to be on TV like at all. I was like, I wonder how far I'll get. Um, and uh, so I, just went through the process and it just kept going and kept going and kept going and I just kept getting through these rounds and I was just like okay this is like my friends are all like this is hilarious keep doing it see how far you get and then at the end they're like we found you a match and you're on the show. She didn't actually go on the show for season one. At the last second she backed out and went overseas. When she returned she was approached again to be a part of season two but in that time, she'd experienced a terrifying random attack. A man had grabbed her on the street. She managed to fight him off, but it left her suffering serious PTSD. Taking Valium and drinking alcohol during the stressful filming of season two is what Claire credits with her manic behaviour. And she still won't discuss the incident between her and Jono that led to her leaving the show early. Then Claire had to head back to her real life. So, Claire, what was it like walking down the street after the whole thing had wrapped and you were back home? Well, um, on the street, actually, people were amazing to me. People were really lovely. Um, but my thing was I was struggling with PTSD, but I didn't want to let anyone down because I'm like that as well. And they were being so nice to me. But people would just come up and just hug me without asking me or saying anything. People would come up behind me at the supermarket and just be like, oh, my God, it's Claire, and grab me and take a photo. So I'd be like, chat away to them, smile because I don't want to be nasty because that's not who I am. What's happening on the inside yeah. when that's happening? I'm Literally, I had two panic attacks behind the bananas in Coles. It was really hard for me during that time when I was in such a bad place. So um, everyone was lovely to me and, and I tried to be bubbly and nice back. But inside, I'm just trying to breathe and work through my things and not cry. But the other thing was the show says that they give you ongoing psychological support. Because I went a bit rogue, they cut off all my psychological support within two weeks. Wow. Um, I was unable to work um, because I was such a mess. So I couldn't afford psychology. So um, I ended up not being able to work for about two years. Um, the mental health aspect was a huge part of it. And then, like, I had paparazzi were on me and they'd get, like, these horrible photos of me just – and I, I started gaining weight straight after the show. Like, within the three-month, like, recap section, I'd put on, I think, 12 kilos. And I ended up putting on, like, 45 kilos in an 18-month period. I was just so distressed and depressed and it was just such a mess. I fell apart. So it, you've gone through – all of that weirdness, yeah. how long did it take for life to get back to your new version of normal? Well, there's a few things that I did initially that were really dumb because I'd lost a lot of friends. I thought I'll go to these events because you get invited to all these events and um, I had no money and I like free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? Oh, and like, like they stuff. let you into like cool places for free that I would never like get into normally because I'm just like so unfashionable and uncool and then they like will give you like drink cards and free stuff and like you get photos in front of photo boards and it's kind of cool like do you know what I mean yeah you feel kind you feel kind of a bit special so um I went to a few events and stuff and I made some really great friends with other people from reality shows and that was actually really great because there's 
there's, you know, your heroes and your villains and you, you realise just it's not just you and you're not alone. You're not the only one that either went into this extremely naively and then came out a mess or a lot of the time the villains are the nicest people you ever meet and the heroes are just awful. <laughs> it's really strange. So, but you've then got a bit of a tribe of people who've been through an experience that you can't describe to your friends or no one else has been through. So you do form a bit of a tribe of people that are your kind of reality people that you really get along with. And I was very lucky enough to do that. So I'm glad I did that at those events. I'm actually like going to a wedding of one of the girls from Big Brother in a couple of months. I can't wait because we met and became great friends. And I never Do we need to create like a, an Alcoholics Anonymous version of yeah. reality TV Anonymous? Yes, I've said that we need a reality TV anonymous and everyone mocked me. We do, but it's it's because no one else, is, you don't experience it. It's, and it, I guess it is like an addiction because I've never been an addict, so I don't know what that would be like. It is something like that and you do need that support. And the shows say they give it to you, but they don't. Like they drop me like a hot potato. Claire's not the only former reality TV star who says this is the case. Bachelorette Sam Frost told Mia Friedman on Mamma Mia's No Filter podcast a very similar story. Do they supply counselling and stuff? Yeah, they do. Um, a, a little fun fact. So I had the same psychologist for two years, so it'll be 2014. <laughs> That's quite good. And then the Bachelorette. And then I um, was wanted to continue seeing her and hire yeah. her out as a yeah. you know, third party. Um, so completely separate. Of course. And I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, Why not? Don't know. So, Claire, we've heard how bad your reality TV experience was, but just how bad did it get? I actually, to be honest with you, spiralled right down. My family had to put me in a trauma facility for a month, which cost them $30,000 out of their um, own money because I actually attempted suicide twice. Oh, God. I've been quite open about this in the media Mm -hmm. so because I want people to know because everyone was just going at me, going at the other person on this, just – but. I think they forget that reality TV people, people are like, they're paid actors, they're paid actors. We were paid $150 a week and they filmed it in my home. They didn't pay for anything else and they get everything for free. So these mm. shows cost them nothing to make. So we're just lambs to the slaughter. So let's, that's let's, what it's like. let's move past the, the craziness of the, the post show. Yes. Let's, let's head a couple of years down the track life now. now. Life now. Okay. What is life, so life like now. now? So what was it like to go back to work after that period where you felt so messed up and you finally got your shit together and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, let's get yeah, back into real life. Together. I got myself, my life back on track and I had a lot more insight and I learned a lot. So in some ways um, it was kind of worth it because I had my massive epic breakdown at an early age because I'm an early, you know, what can I say? I'm an early achiever instead of doing it in my fifties. So I'm kind of glad in some ways that that happened, but then to get my life back on track, um, the show for me was in 2016, but I mean, yesterday I was in the daily mail. Mm. They still go after me, but it's because personally I never wanted fame and people may not believe that money. Yes. I would really like some money, money and fame. Don't really, if you must, Fame? What? What is fame? It's just random people following you about. So you're saying, so, like, you you will never be able to go back to the normal life pre maths. Um, you can definitely you can. You can fade back into obscurity, but I, unfortunately, because I made such a twat of myself, <laughs> I've stayed in the spotlight longer. 
it is good. Like once you start to get away from it, and I am getting away from it now because my New Year's resolution this year, which you've made me break. Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Was that I'm not going to talk about maths anymore because I, I, I yelled and screamed and I wanted people to hear these are people and because because it's the bullying that can come out of it and cyberbullying, if people wanted to body shame me or say horrible things about me from an edited version, honest to God, that didn't affect me. I didn't care about that kind of stuff. But it really affected other people that I knew and other people in the reality TV world. So I wanted people to know that these aren't actors. These You don't get media training. You're just thrown into it. So they don't tell you that they the paparazzi are going to chase you, even though they know what's going to happen. Just, just <laughs> finally, for you now, in so you go to work, you do your job, is maths a part of your everyday still or is this now just a, because I'm asking you questions about it that it's been brought up again or the show's back on so it's brought up again? But is, um, is maths part of your everyday life or can you go a day just being Claire? I can definitely go a day, lots of days without just being Claire. So you go back to work and life does start to get back to normal and that is the best feeling on earth and I'm starting to have that now. I still have, because I'm in recruitment, I'll have the odd day where I'll call up a candidate and I'll say, hi, I'm Claire Burrell, and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to go for math. And I'm like, shoot me in the face. Like, <laughs> honest to God, that's my first thought. I just want to die in the floor. I just I just want the floor to eat me. Mm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, let's pretend that, that didn't happen because I'm thinking, oh, my God, they saw all that thing. They think that I'm that person. And that's not a professional person. How embarrassing. And, I'm, like, I was turned down from lots of jobs as well because they're like, we don't want some person who thinks, like, wants attention or is, what are you trying to do to come and work in a profession, back in a professional industry, even though I was and am very good at what I do. They're like, obviously, you want to be famous. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be in the media. They're like, well, you made an idiot of yourself. I'm like, I know, but can we pretend that didn't happen? Yes. Knowing what you know now, would you do it again? All right, I, get your beat button ready. <laughs> no, I would rather stab a fork in my own eye. Don't do it. Who knows what reality TV will bring us in 2020? We can only hope that the producers of those shows take note and provide the contestants the support they need to deal with life after the cameras switch off and they're back in the real reality. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Ellie Beattie with audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.